Doers do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Care, the 180 Degrees of Impact podcast. My name is Matt Scott, and today I'm coming to you with an interview with Greg Monterosa, who is the co-founder and community manager of Hub 101, which helps businesses grow and flourish and form community out in the Los Angeles area. And one thing that was so interesting talking with Greg was seeing that as I dug deeper and deeper talking with him, one thing that really motivated his journey, his own entrepreneurship journey, was the fact that both his mother and grandmother were entrepreneurs. And so Really, there's an interesting perspective here. I think one thing that links this interview with the the four others that I shared to kick off the year is that each of these conversations has been something different and outside of what I've done previously for 180 Degrees of Impact. To recap, there was Blake Sorensen, who is my fellow nut allergy haver, and he is the founder of Blake Seed Based. There was Dr. Hina Brambat, who is a an international health expert and making change, saving lives with the United Nations and with her own work otherwise. There's Satwinder Sandhu, who is the CEO of IAC, the Center for Adoption, and helps to ensure that foster kids have a positive, healthy existence. And Kim Bowman, who is the senior HR manager at Fraser, which is the largest organization working to provide services and support to those with autism and special needs in Minnesota. So now, before we dive into my conversation with Greg, I just want to share that next week is the start of when I will be sharing interviews from 20s and Change San Francisco. And as a recap, 20s and Change San Francisco is all about how people could start early, embrace their identities, and make an impact. And actually, if you go to www.let's.care, that's let's.care, you could see the three-minute trailer and a bunch of the clips from my journey alongside my friend Eric Dowds, who is the filmmaker of 20s and Change. Now, without further ado, here's my conversation with Greg. Take a listen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to 180 Degrees of Impact. My name is Matt Scott, and today I have the the pleasure of being joined uh, by the man who has the beautiful weather while I'm here in cold D.C., uh, Greg Monterosa. Greg, how are you doing today? Doing phenomenal, man. It's another beautiful day out here. Uh, People getting after it. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I'm feeding off of your your positive energy and off of the beautiful weather today and off of people getting after it today. But uh, just as we get started, I think a, a good place where I like to start for people who are, um, well, of course, who are just learning who you are is just with your introdu- introduction. And I'd love if you could give kind of like the the overview of, of who you are or the intro to who you are because I know we're going to dive more into that as we go along. Oh I love it. So professionally who I am um, I launched a startup about 12 years ago myllc.com that uh, six years in I hired somebody to replace me. So I brought in a CEO who was smarter than me and she continues to grow the business and they continue to thrive. Um, so after my departure there I took the time to mentor and work with startups. 
So I found that I have a big passion to work with early stage founders and helping ideas scale. So doing that took me all over the world. Um, I spent a year and a half living in Paris, France, working with European startups, which was really exciting and um, made me appreciate what we have out here, which was cool. Um, after that stint, I partnered up with a local university um, here in Los Angeles, and we launched a startup center uh, a little over four years ago that continues to thrive, Hub 101. Uh, people show up, bring ideas to life, um, and one of my heavy joys lies with Startup Weekends. Are you familiar with Startup Weekend? Yeah, I am. Uh, 10 Techstars tech Startup Right, weekend. right, right. So, so to me, that's a really beautiful program. That, that anybody that's trying to build a startup community um, needs to take advantage of. Um, in our community, there really wasn't a startup culture, so we had to pretty much create it. And now it's to the point where our region is thriving. So I'm in a region called the Conejo Valley, which is between Los Angeles and Ventura County. So we're just inland of Malibu if you pull us up on a map. Yeah, cool stuff. So yeah, you have a lot going on. You, you mentioned the the startups and building out that community. And I mean, even before diving more into your backstory, I would love to know like, what, what does community mean to you and what, does a, what makes a successful community? So a book I heavily encourage to people that are working within startup communities or any type of communities is a book by Brad Feld called Startup Communities. Um, in the book, it really outlines like what different roles different organizations can play, um, such as government, other larger businesses, uh, universities, high schools, what role they all play in this ecosystem that we call a startup community. So, so I think for me, it starts there. And, and then in our community, we, we really went after the give first attitude, where the goal is you bring each other value. Um, one of our most successful events that we put on in our community is called Pitch to Your Peers, where you show up, um, you talk about what you're working on, what you need help with, and somebody in the audience is there to help you or connect you. Nice. Cool. So, so to me, that's like the fundamentals of community building is yeah. start up communities and then start bringing each other value. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I think looking at you and looking at your, your backstory in particular, hold on one second, I'm totally going to mm -hmm. edit this out, but I'm, could you still hear me? Yeah. Okay, great. I just unplugged the external mic I had, switched it up because <laughs> I was getting some feedback. Um, yeah, I'm saying as you, you, you know, we're talking about your background, talking about startup communities. I think one thing that's really great, but also intimidating about you is that you make it look so easy to get all this stuff done. So I'd like to kind of learn more about um, just your backstory. And I know from listening to the Five O'Clock Hustle podcast episode that you did, I think that was early last year, you mentioned your grandmother who, had, who was selling tamales. You mentioned your right. mother a lot. I kind of just love to hear how that all figured into who you are now. Because clearly entrepreneurship is in your, in your DNA. Right. So, so I'm a first-generation American. Uh, my family's from El Salvador, down in Central America. So my mom came up here not speaking the language, not knowing anybody. And she, was, she pretty much forced herself to dive into a culture. And so she refused to, to not crush it at life. 
Um, so my mom went on, she went to school during the daytime, worked at night, and um, long story short, she ended up owning a string of hair salons in LA. So growing up, uh, I remember working the register at like six, um, or joining my grandmother at the supermarket, I'd go sell tamales in front of the place. Um, so entrepreneurship has just been a part of who I am and my upbringing. But for us at the time, it wasn't viewed as entrepreneurship as much as something we have to do to survive. Yeah. And everybody has to contribute and pitch in. And there is no, all right, mom, I worked 15 hours. Uh, where's my check? Like everything is for the greater good. Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting hearing that because, um, and I remember hearing on this on the five o'clock hustle podcast, but just this idea that, you know, that was their approach to surviving. Right. And so they right. said, this is what we need to do to survive. Whereas other people will take, you know, a different approach, which might be getting a job, getting the job that they could get and making that work for them and their family. And so do you have any idea or did you hear growing up, did you pick up on where that entrepreneurial spirit came from in your family? Because it seems like it goes way, way back. Right. Well, I can, I can tell you the moment it happened for me. Yeah. So, I, so I was working for this large organization and they were in the mortgage banking industry. And my team and I built them a product that ended up generating them billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. So a year in, we go in for our raises and they gave me a raise, but they also gave me more work. Mm. And I was like, wait, we just built you this product. Like, come on, you can do better than that. Mm -hmm. so, so at that point, I realized that I would bring value to a team that was early into what they were up to. Mm -hmm. So um, I resigned. The CEO of the company told me, hey, Greg, you need to go work for a startup. And I'm like, what's a startup? And he's like, a scalable tech company. And this was, I want to say like, this must have been 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And he's like, a scalable tech company. And so I went and did just that. So my next job out of there was I went to go work for a tech company, um, help them grow, help them get acquired. And so I saw the narrative on that end. All right. I saw the team go from a handful of us to a lot of us to acquisition. Now it's my turn. Yeah. So then I, I took a little bit of money I had, um, rented myself a small office and launched myLC.com. And that ended up turning into, it, it is an amazing business that employs a lot of people. And we ended up writing this book, LLC for Dummies, that put us on the map. Um, we ended up partnering up with a lot of amazing companies that just, we ended up bringing each other value. Um, and so, so yeah, so that was my journey into entrepreneurship was being at a large organization, seeing how much paper they were making, how much paper I was contributing to them. And at the end of it, what my cut of it was. And I was like, wait, I need to, I need to be on a different side of the narrative here. So yeah. I'm a fan of life is choices at the end of the day. So when I launched my business, those first six months, I physically lived in my office. Shout out to the property management people at that spot for not uh, <laughs> booting me out. But that's what it took. You know, I was like, this is all I have and I need to make this work. And I think coming in with that kind of attitude as opposed to treating my business like a hobby, like most of my friends or most of other people out there do with their businesses where they're like, I'll put in three hours a day and call it a wrap. Like, <laughs> sorry, but that's not how you grow or scale an amazing business. Yeah. You know what? Just to build on that, I, I love what you're saying there because a lot of the um, a lot of the business advice that you'll hear either sounds really 
um, simple and straightforward or it sounds really like pretty with frills and and you know flower like flowery flowery yes. advice and so you know something I want to, to know is are there like are there certain or is there one really tough lesson that um, that you learned in your journey and that you pass on to the entrepreneurs that you meet about what it takes because um, I like what you were just saying it, it clearly will take sacrifice and and put you know living in your office if not in your car or somewhere where right, right. things done so what is that what's that like tough lesson that that you've learned and passed on along along your journey that as much as i love focusing on my passion plays it's the opportunity plays where sustainability is at right so so we hear a lot of people gassing us up on follow your passion do things you're passionate about right which is fine but at the end of the day i need an opportunity play so let's solve a big problem so what's a problem that a lot of people face that they pay for a solution for so what that comes down to is customer validation all right so that's where a lot of founders get lazy so when somebody walks into my office and they're like greg i have this idea i'm like bet go talk to a hundred people so we do like who's your ideal customer right my ideal customer is uh moms of toddlers and um i'm creating a product for them so then what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, go talk to a hundred of those people to see if that's a problem they face and how they're currently solving it. If they pay for a solution and then come back mm -hmm. and you'd be surprised how many people don't come back. <laughs> yeah. Cause they figure out pretty quickly that they're, that, uh, it's not something it's, well, it's not a sustainable business. Right. Or how about this? They don't even go out there and talk to people because mm -hmm. that's work. Wow. Right. Wow. Yeah. So, so is that is that is that go, doing those things that you need to do till you hire somebody to do that for you right mm -hmm. so i'm a fan of uh like i call my team doers like everybody there's you're doing something right so what i what i like is i run like what's called the flat management where i take on every role and then i fill that role mm -hmm. so like i built our website and then i brought somebody who's better at it to finish it off i started um, or getting together the Facebook pixels and putting campaigns together and then I hand that off to somebody I get the social going and then I hand that off to somebody so as a founder you have to play multiple roles yeah even when you have co-founders even when you have co-founders like at my LC we were all connected to our phone system so so the vibe there was the phone should have ring more than twice and we don't care what level of the organization you're in you gotta pick up the phone mm-hmm yeah yeah, and it's interesting thinking about that. I mean, it, it sounds to me like you figured out some things that, uh, you know, that are pretty good lessons. But I mean, I, I at least would imagine that those came from not doing it right at first or from some sort of... Um, oh, without a doubt. So I'd love to hear about that too, because again, you know, it, it seems like you, you have it figured out, but I know that's clearly taken a lot of time and, and effort for the things that you so how about this? nailed down. So for the longest time, my biggest obstacle was myself and my own insecurities. Mm -hmm. Okay, so me thinking to myself, I'm not smart enough to do this. I'm not qualified enough to do that. I, I don't have the skill set or to, to pull this off, right? Mm -hmm. So that was my biggest struggle and obstacle as a 
founder in my early days, right? Was that internal battle with myself. Yeah. And then one of my, one of my brilliant mentors turned me on to Greg, your responsibility as a founder is to hire people that are smarter than you. Mm -hmm. And then it clicked. Yeah. <laughs> and then it clicked. So then you take inventory as to who you're surrounding yourself with, right? Mm -hmm. And so you look around in your office environment or your business partners, and you're like, we need people smarter than us on our team. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I learned the hard way. And it was really expensive to, to have that assumption as the founder early on of, I need to be the smartest person in the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting thinking about that. That was probably the silliest thing I could have done. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting. Oh, the connection. I think the I'm gonna have to cut this part. Do you do you hear me now? Oh yeah. Okay, I think we just uh, lagged for a second, but it's okay. I feel like I, I I don't know if it's my connection, but I'm like oh, I'm gonna go back and edit. <laughs> but um, no, it's it's uh, it's interesting hearing about what you're saying around kind of those insecurities and learning. Like okay, I don't thinking at first that you don't have what it takes to get the job done and then realizing that that is not what it's all about. Like you don't need to have all the skills to get the job done. But I mean, even just thinking back to that idea, um, I want to kind of spend some time on that um, of not thinking that you're the, the smartest or the best for the job. You ended up doing entrepreneurship. So clearly there was a leap for you. Um, it sounds to me, you mentioned the example of, um, you know, working for a company where you realize like I'm contributing a lot more value than I'm getting out of this. And then you made a leap, but was that what it really convinced, what convinced you to take the entrepreneurship path? Or was there something else that was like that click, that aha moment, that, that light bulb going off for you? So it's been in my DNA, like in high school, I was, um, I had one of the largest promoting crews here in LA and we throw these amazing warehouse parties. So entrepreneurship has always been a part of my life, but it comes down to, okay, I have bills to pay. Um, I have a car note, so I need to get a job. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. so along, along that, what, what, what I was doing was I was building out my network. So I'd go to networking events after work. I'd go to networking events before work. And I would start meeting people from different industries and seeing what kind of problems they were facing and, and like what resonated. And then one of my favorite questions became, I'd walk up to like the wealthiest people I'd see and be like, how do you get your paper? Yeah. <laughs> and so what I realized is that most wealthy people make money. They either run their own business or they're into real estate or yeah. both. And so, so I was like, all right, I need a mirror success. And not that money is the metric, but it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, so I, that then got me going, like just being around other entrepreneurs and other founders and, and seeing like the kind of energy and work they were putting into it, but how satisfying it was at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's, it's interesting even thinking about that because uh, I, I feel like there's so many different um, so many different pieces of your approach that you're talking about, right? And, um, you know, something I, I wonder is just where you find, where you're able to find balance with all of it now at this stage in your life. Because it is a grind, right? But at the same time, you know, there's family, there's health, there's life, there's, and then there's entrepreneurship. So how do you manage to kind of either juggle or balance all of those things that, that 
one time because I think a lot I know a lot of people who, who do struggle with that balance and I'd love to hear from you any tips or experiences with that mm -hmm. balance so first I'll start off with the three questions I ask myself every night okay mm. so I ask myself what did I contribute to what did I learn today and what did I enjoy today so before those three questions I would go to bed and wrestle with like there's more I need to do. There's an email that needs to get sent. There's something that needs to happen, right? So I've created these three questions to help me validate my day. So those questions could vary from person to person, right? Yeah. But what it does is it creates validation for the day. And then self-love. So what I've done is I'll write down, like, what are the things that I enjoy doing? And then I make it a point to do more of that. Whether it's going on a hike. Um, lately, I've been diving into the meditation, the yoga route, and that's felt really good because if I'm feeling great, then my actions are gonna be just that, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think self-love <laughs> and validation of my day is what helps me create a balance. Yeah, wow, and I, I wonder, like where did that even come from? Who, or like, where have you read? Where have you looked? Where you picked that up from? Have you had mentors that helped you pick up that self-love um, and self-care? Uh, approach so no lie it was meetup.com <laughs> so no, so i was expecting but I right so so i found a meditation group on meetup.com and i showed up there and in that room i was a stranger mm -hmm. they didn't care who i was what i was up to what i was working on how many fails i've had like it just felt like a really genuine environment and from there i started going to other meetup groups and uh found my lane. I, I found that like peace in my mind is crucial to executing big plays with my team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder like, what is the, so what is it taking this self-care, taking these tips? What is it that you're, what's the impact that you're aiming to make? Um, Cause I know you have a lot of avenues to make different types of impacts in the community, right? Uh, between, we mentioned uh, Startup Weekend, we mentioned Hub 101, uh, but what is it that you're, like what's the legacy that you want to, to leave in this world? Uh, so, so right now what I've been doing is I've been identifying cities that I would love to come help their startup community builders build or grow their existing communities. Mm -hmm. So I've, done my thing in my city so now i feel that i can bring other cities value yeah. so if any of your listeners are out there in a small rural town in a big city anywhere here in the u.s and, and they need help growing nurturing um, their startup community their entrepreneurial community they need to reach out because i'm ready to start bringing value to our country like i was able to we were able to do something amazing in our region so so now i want to share that with the rest of the country yeah, let's, I want to break that down and, and like take that apart a little, like just to talk more and learn more about your community. Because that's one thing I was wondering about, like who makes up your community? What are the types of people who are part of it? Um, and, you know, what, what are they doing together um, other than just being entrepreneurs in, in a shared space? So, so first what we did is we created a physical space for all these different groups to come together and call it home. So what happens is you don't wanna reinvent the wheel, right? You have existing organizations out there doing amazing things in your town. So like in our case, we have 
we had a data science meetup group. We had a, a group of engineers. We had a JavaScript meetup group. We had a, a video game meetup group. And these people, it was all fragmented and everywhere. So what we did is we brought them under one roof in this space. And so that was really instrumental with identifying other people that have a passion for, for building something that becomes a part of this community. Mm-hmm. So through that, our, our founders and our entrepreneurs get to leverage on those relationships. So now under one space, they have a group of 30 engineers meeting up for the evening and talking about entrepreneurship mm-hmm. or uh, we do our hackathons and then that's where bigger companies get to participate. So big companies want to support small founders, yeah. which has been really cool to see firsthand. And so all you have to do is create an avenue for them to participate. And so what, I, what we realized is that these larger companies in our community, what they want out of a startup community is more engineers, mm-hmm. people that can program, that can build things, right? So for us to kick off coding academies in our community wouldn't be unreasonable. And they have plug and play curriculums out there that we can follow. Or to run a Unity workshop in our community, that people can just show up to learn unity. So that's how these big employers get to participate and win as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what are those, what are some of the ways like building on your years of work, creating the community and building out the community that you've built out, what are some of those ways that you're uh, looking to go grow going forward and, and looking to build on your success? So, so now, Companies have raised capital. So for me, my metric has always been how many high paying jobs can we create in our region? Mm-hmm. That's been my metric. So other communities follow like how much funding startups have gotten in their town. Um, to me, that, not that it doesn't mean anything, but at the end of the day, like how many high paying jobs are we creating? Mm-hmm. So to me, it's to start filling that, that, that unemployment gap. That, that people in the cities and in the state can see like, wow, what's happening in that region where they were able to take unemployment from this to that, or the average work salary went from this to that. Mm-hmm. So the beauty about startups and tech companies is that they pen, tend to pay their employees really well. Yeah. And so that drives an economy. Mm-hmm. So I feel like at the end of the day, like what my ultimate play would be, would be to come into an amazing city like Flint, an amazing city like Detroit, an amazing city like DC, and, and start creating these high paying jobs in these regions where it'll really impact and bring value to their people that live there. Yeah, so like, just to learn more about that and understand more of your area, what are, or your region I should say, like what, what are the challenges or barriers that people are experiencing to um, those, high paying jobs or to starting businesses, the types of things that you're looking to address? Lack of skill set. Mm. So, so what ends up happening is these companies grow really fast within the tech community, within the startup world. So the company can go from like four employees and then the next month they're looking to fill 75 jobs. Wow. So it comes down to giving these startups access to a skilled labor force, right? Mm-hmm. So to run, a coding academy in a community to run a free unity workshop to help people level up their skills right or to have an understanding of how you would build an android app or how you would what is aws right just to give your community that kind of knowledge so that these employers when they start growing they don't look outside of your community to grow yeah just thinking about it tangibly like 
is there a story or are there stories of anyone who's really benefited going from like that lack of knowledge to then taking the knowledge you've equipped them with and then really soaring with it? Like, I'd love to hear any, any like specific oh, stories. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So like one of my dear friends, um, Richard, I met him through another acquaintance. He had just graduated from college. Um, he had his degree in computer science. Didn't really have much experience working with startups or even how to talk to startups or put a proposal together. So, so he came in and just surrounded himself with all these amazing mentors with an amazing community to where now he's got two apps in the app store under his belt and he's making a great salary working for a startup mm -hmm. where his attitude was if if straight out of college i would have just hung out at home not dove into my startup community and get to meet other founders get to bring value to people these opportunities wouldn't have shown up mm -hmm. yeah so, so to me that's a home run or 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 sean sean's a rock star so we got little sean in high school, Sean would just always be around. And he had built himself a Craigslist scraper, something that would just scrape Craigslist and email people that posted jobs saying, hey, come post a job on my job board. He's just a go-getter, all right? Mm -hmm. So one of our startups was getting ready to close a $2 million round. So they're like, Greg, we need somebody to help out with uh, on the software side. Who do you know? So I point to Sean. So Sean becomes their youngest employee. Um, he's with them when they close that $2 million round. Uh, about eight months later, they closed a $14 million round. Sean saw the narrative, went and started his own business and just raised a $1 million round on that business at like 19. Wow. That's a, right. see, <laughs> see, there's, that's like a lot of growth and, and something I think that, that I, I hope more people understand when it comes to community and, uh, just the power of coming together, leveraging one another uh, to build what you're doing. Because I'm sure in the case, you know, of Richard or Sean, that they were able to, you know, they came in and not only developed the business skills to build out what they were doing, but then also develop you know, the leadership skills, the social skills, like the confidence to better do what they were doing. And, uh, you know, all the things that I'm sure come with, with the community that you're building out. Uh, but thinking about like you know your story and actually bringing this this thing together and bringing these communities together, I wonder like you know it again. I keep going back to like it see like looking at it. It's like damn, Greg is like just killing it. He's out here <laughs> grinding. Hashtag rise and grind on all of his Instagram posts. Probably this is me pretending. Right. Right listening to you and i'm wondering like is there anything are, are there is there anything that people don't see about your journey that you wish that they understood more um you know when it comes to looking at who you are and what you're, you've been able to build out how important my teams have been throughout the journey yeah so there's there's been a lot of people that have brought my life value whether i paid them to whether they volunteered whether they just took me to lunch or they, their energy was just around me. It, it, it was really, it's really a team effort because by myself, I can't, I can't do much. Right. So my attitude is like leverage my resources, leverage my community. And so that's probably when people are like, Oh, Greg, like you're killing it out there. It's my team. 
right? It's the people that, that I'm riding with and we're all just making this, creating this swell that's going to make this massive wave. Mm -hmm. So I think it's that. Yeah, what is it that you, that, what are the types of qualities that you'll look for in the team other than them just being, of course, smarter and better than you at, at the thing that you're hiring them for? Like, are there any, because I'm thinking about this from the perspective of someone who's listening and is about to build out their own team. Like, is there, are there any types of things that you look for in the people that you, that you're hiring? Oh, it's a vibe. So it's really beautiful when you sit across from somebody and you're like, wow, like, this individual it has a good heart. They might not even have any skills, yeah. but I'm gonna bring them on board of my team so they can level up. So then I remind my team, like people that are my paid staff, right? Like, hey, I'm not a career choice, I'm a level up. My responsibility is for you to get the bag once you're done with me, right? To make that introduction to you to that one executive that's gonna take you to the next level. Wow, yeah, wow. That's, and it's interesting to think about, I'm curious to see, like the progression of your team. What I'm really excited to see one day is, and maybe this has already happened somewhat, but I'm sure it's gonna happen a lot more when you know you have members of your team who are being interviewed similar to this, and then they're giving you the shout outs and crediting <laughs> for kind of creating a space where they could thrive and grow and, and understanding what it means to be an entrepreneur and helping them become entrepreneurs. So it's exciting to see it all come together uh, and, you know, just as a, as a follow-up in, in general to that and thinking about your team, uh, do you, because one, one conversation I've had a lot with people lately is around growing from that one person trying to do everything to actually building a team. Uh, and I, you know, I think advice on that would be, be amazing for anyone who is, especially like trying to make some sort of difference in the world, but is carrying it all on their back like a lot of people try to do. Um, like when, at what point should people take that leap to build out a team? What was that like for you to actually reach out beyond yourself to get other people on board? So for me, a great place that to, for people to start when it comes to building out their teams would be local universities and community colleges. Mm -hmm. So in community colleges and universities, most of them have entrepreneurship programs of people out there learning entrepreneurship. So imagine bringing somebody on board to your team that's got that kind of drive in them to go take an entrepreneurship class, mm -hmm. right? And so then when I bring them on board, I don't need somebody 40 hours a week. Yeah. So this is like the, like the hustle economy day, right? Everybody's got to have multiple revenue streams coming in. So for me to hire somebody to work eight hours a week for me is not unreasonable because I don't need more than eight hours a week for you to map out my social media calendar for the next week and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's leveraging that, right? And understanding that like, I don't need full-time employees. I can have four people doing different skill sets, adding up to a total of like eight hours a week each. Oh, there you are. You know, so, so, so they're just leveraging that. And, and local universities and community colleges are great places for people to find inspired people, probably taking a major on a problem that you're trying to solve yeah. to come and join your team. Yeah, it's amazing. So I'm a fan of building out that team ASAP. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, I like the approach that you're talking about, which is that 
it's kind of it's a it's not like in uh you're definitely all in on having your team right but it's not an all-in process in the sense of okay i'm gonna go from having nobody to having someone at 40 hours a week you know that right. might not be what you need in the case that you gave social media yeah. for instance so i think that's a really good tip and piece of advice for people and so imagine you take those 40 hours right and you divide that within six different skills right yeah that's a party yeah, because I was going to say, it's, it's tough to find uh, someone who's an expert in all the different things you need, whether that's the marketing communications, the business development, the finances, right. the billion different, you know, community management, whatever else you might need. Uh, so I think that's, that's a, a really good tip. And I mean, it, do you have any, any like go-to resources or anything? You mentioned star, uh, the startup community and one thing to look at, but are there any other resources that, you know, are your go-tos when you're talking with entrepreneurs who are getting started and building out their, their work, whether that's like books or, you know, what, what, where would you recommend people go? So to me, it all starts with the roadmap, okay? Mm -hmm. So there's a tool out there called the Business Model Canvas. Um, there's a two minute video on YouTube that explains the business model canvas. So what that is, is that's a one page snapshot of what I do, how I do it, how I make money and what resources I need. Mm -hmm. So this one page snapshot to me is a great first step to any idea, whether it's a nonprofit, whether it's a donut shop or a scalable tech company. So for me, that's a go-to. So somebody walks into my office and they're like, I have this idea. I'm like, cool, let's start working on this business model canvas. And that's a living document. So long gone are the days of like the 30 page business plan, right? Let's just get a one page snapshot of what you do and how you do it. Mm -hmm. So to me, the business model canvas is a home run, okay? And then meetup.com, like I can't stress enough. So like I'll have my friends out there that are looking for developers go on meetup.com and attend a meetup group where developers are. Yeah. Or I've had companies that are going on hiring sprees and they'll go on meetup.com and buy that meetup group lunch to come hang out at their office. Oh, wow. Right. So your network, right? So I'm a founder. I got my business model canvas. I'm checking my local resources to see what's available for me in my community. Right? Mm -hmm. So as a founder, you should look up, university entrepreneurship centers, uh, maker spaces, your um, SBA office, like you need to take advantage of all those resources that are there. And then if you don't have an idea, go on grants.gov. Okay, tell us what's, what's going on on grants.gov, <laughs> a lot of so, grants. Right, so grants.gov is where people go and post grant requests, right? So like most recently I came across a grant proposal where they were like, Help us bring after school programs that have to do with entrepreneurship to middle schools. Mm -hmm. So they're willing to cut paper to somebody to put a program together to come and teach entrepreneurship to middle schoolers in this region. Yeah. So those kind of opportunities you find on grants.gov. Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting thinking about, uh, that piece of advice and even just kind of the, some of the different pieces of advice that you just, just, spit out there because I think that there are a lot of creative ways to go about figuring out where to target your efforts and you know you mentioned uh, sending that person out to go do their hundred customer interviews which I think is important but then there's also other stuff other ways you could get creative if you right. are you know wondering what kinds of uh, 
what kinds of services, for instance, like what you mentioned with grants.gov and looking to bring those programs to a different audience, like that's something that people are willing to pay for. And maybe it might just be that one, let's say economic development group or one education group that's looking to do that. But, you know, maybe that's the group that's, that's where you are, but maybe in the county over or the town over, there's another group that'd be interested and maybe they don't know it yet, but that's definitely right. still like another opportunity. So I think there's something to be said also just in thinking of your story um, and what you've shared that there's like a level of creativity too with all of this. So there's the hustle, but the, the creative aspect. And I, I mean, right. I would love to know if you have any idea where, where that comes from uh, in your story, just because I, I, I'm seeing a lot of that like, okay, here's a, a new way I'm going to do something or a different way I'm going to do something that not everyone's thinking about. Oh, so that's the refusing to lose mindset, right? So like, that's the mindset of like, okay, if this is all I have, how do I make this work? Yeah. So like in my case, like when I meet with founders that are out there and they're like, Greg, we're trying to raise capital. My attitude becomes, all right, let's pretend the capital's not there. Now what? Right? And, and you end up figuring it out, which is so cool, right? Or you bring people around you to help you figure it out. So case in point, I had a startup walking into my office one day, and that was their story. Greg, we've got six months of runway. After six months, we got to shut it down if we don't make more money or get some investors to come on board. Well, what do you guys need the money for? We're building this new platform out to roll out to our customers. Well, hold up. What are people paying you for right now? And they were like, this one service. Well, how many hours a day are you dedicating to business development on that one service? Not enough. Well, let's level up. And so they got their entire team on board with that one product they already had and ramped up sales with it to the point where they had their run runway was stretched, right? But if they would have stayed in that mind frame of, I need to raise capital and we're not going to make moves till we raise capital and we're just going to run out of money and eventually die. As opposed to, let's pretend the capital's not coming. What do we do? How do we survive? How do we make this work? Yeah. And that's so, that's so tough to do, especially if you, because you can't really manufacture that situation where you don't have options or like you, but you can do what you're saying, which is to picture yourself in that situation. I mean, maybe you do take the leap. I, I have some friends who, who've done this and other people who've done this where they take the leap and then they really have no choice but to figure it out along the way and kind of build the wings to the plane as they're, you know, flying it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, flying it. So, or else you crash and burn. And so, I think that's kind of the something that I'm seeing. And there's a lot. Uh, I, I just really want to mention. I really appreciate a lot of the different insights you have, and. I, you know, at the end, I'm going to get to how people could connect with you more. Okay. And, uh, but, but first I want to ask you, uh, one of my favorite questions. Um, and then I have another question that's going to be kind of fun. Uh, but if your life were a book or documentary, summing it all up, because there's a lot there, uh, from the tamales to the cash register, at the, the hair salon to oh. 101 and, and Techstars Startup Weekend Now. You know, if your life were a book or documentary, what would the title of that be and why? Oh, so I'd have to go with Doers Do. Doers Do. <laughs> so, so what ends up happening is, 
like a lot of people like to talk about what would be cool wouldn't it be cool if this wouldn't it be cool if that mm -hmm. i'm a fan of action and so yeah i think that that's gonna be the title of it doers do because all my life, that's all I, like, I can only depend on myself, right? So whether it's to get to the gym, whether it's to eat right, whether it's to shut a business that's not working down or bring another idea to life. Like mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's all on me, which is so refreshing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the art of doing, doers do. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, <laughs> as a follow-up to that, I wonder, like, if you had someone, well, first of all, would it be a book or a documentary? Oh, it'd have to be a documentary. Okay, so if it's if it's a documentary, uh, this changes the question a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, let's say at the at the start of the documentary, kind of like at a book, you have this the forward of the book. At the start of the documentary, they're interviewing someone who knows you well, who's been a big part of your journey. Who would that person be? Ooh, good question. Who would that person be that's been a part of my journey? You know what? It'd be my mom. Mm -hmm. My mom's. She see me through it all, which is awesome. Yeah. From my, from from putting the money together for me to get my first business cards printed up mm -hmm. to to what we're at now. Yeah. She's one of my favorite founders out there. Yeah, that's awesome to hear, and I I think you know important also. I, I think your story is a good example that um, your your family or your upbringing has a big influence in in kind of your mindset and where you see yourself. And as I said at the beginning, you know, taking your mom's story, your grandmother's story as an example, I think it's it it makes a lot of sense where you are now. There's a lot of there's an evolution to to that in in a lot of ways in terms of what your focus is. But I think it's cool, and I think it's cool. Of course, your mom will will definitely be a big part of the documentary. Maybe she'll be like the narrator, but we'll we'll exactly. work on that later when we're actually. <laughs> um, but actually, I wanted to ask before asking where people could uh, find you. I saw all over your social media that. You're passionate about two things, tacos and startups. Right. So, do you have like favorite kinds of tacos? Because I'm definitely gonna be eating some tacos after after this. So they're LA street tacos. So it's just small corn tortillas with some steak on it, and then you douse a little green salsa on it and some onions, and that's a party. And it's like really spicy. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. We'll go get some tacos next time you come out to LA. Yeah, we'll get some tacos next time. I'm really thinking sure. about this now, and I'm, I'm feeling hungry just thinking about it. But uh, I also just want to say I think it's cool. You know, there are a lot of things that are serious when it comes to the startup world, and I think that, like, the fact that you could even put that out there, like, I'm, yeah, I like tacos too. Maybe it doesn't have to do with the bottom line, but it's a part of me. Like, that's right. something I, I admire about you too, just uh, – taking those different parts of your journey and, uh, you know, embracing them, even if it's something that people might look at and say, like, why did, I don't even know that he likes tacos, but that's, that's who you are. As a right. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Awesome. And, and just to, to wrap up, um, I referenced your social media and the like, but where can people connect with you and learn more about you and the things that you're working on? So um, people can go on to gregmonterosa.com. Hmm. And so um, that's where I showcase the projects I'm working on. Um, people can get a hold of me there. Um, what I'm a fan of is I want to reach out to any founder out there that's feeling stuck, alone, 
um, frustrated with what they're up to, for them to reach out to me and let's jump on a Skype call or let's jump on a FaceTime and, and let's see how we can help get you across that threshold, right? Mm -hmm. So my invitation is open to any founder, any community builder out there, like reach out, gregmonarosa.com or I'm super active on Instagram at Greg Metro. Um, but I'm here to bring value to, to our communities. So let's go. Awesome. Thanks, Greg. And, and yep. I hope people will check you out, figure out where to, where to follow you or best to follow you and connect with you. But, um, you know, just one more, one more final open question. Is there anything mm -hmm. that you haven't mentioned during this interview that you'd want to mention as we start to wrap up? Um, that if people are out there and don't have any ideas or don't have any problems that they, that they solve, and want to be an entrepreneur or want to see what that's like, if they go on Startup Weekend's website and they get connected to a Startup Weekend in their community, they're going to meet some of the most inspiring, amazing people that they'll ever meet. So, so to me, Startup Weekend changed my life. It surrounded me with amazing founders, amazing mentors. So if people are out there and don't have a tribe, don't have a community, Startup Weekend is a great start. Awesome. Well, thanks for that. And thanks for, yep. for sharing all of your perspective throughout this. And the final thing I want to say, just as we wrap up, that I say it at the end of all of these interviews, uh, especially because none of the work that anyone I'm, I'm interviewing, none of the work of entrepreneurs is easy. It's just to keep impacting, keep going and keep doing what you're doing. So uh, thanks again, Greg, for, for all of your work. Thank you. Awesome. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in and listening to Let's Care, the 180 Degrees of Impact podcast. That was my conversation with Greg Monterosa. And if you want to hear more conversations, more of the energy and excitement and just true raw stories that people have to share through 180 Degrees of Impact, visit www.letscare. And while you're there, you could subscribe to the email list to get the emails every once in a while when I send them. So thanks again for, for tuning in. And really, I'm looking forward to next week when I start to share interviews from 20s and Change. It was such an epic experience for Eric and I. And it's really my honor and, and privilege to be able to bring you and bring others on the journey. So thanks for being part of the journey. If there's one thing I could ask, uh, speaking of bringing others on the journey, it's that you hit the share button and you send this to a friend, you send this to someone who you think would be interested, and you let someone know or a lot of someone's know about what I'm creating with Let's Care. Because really, I want this to be a community, something positive, and I am excited to have anyone who wants to be on that ride here with me. Thanks again, and as I say at the end of each of my interviews, keep impacting.